Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for choosing Portland Center for Spiritual Living as your source of spiritual nourishment on this day. And to all of our podcast listeners throughout the world, the thousands of people who choose to hear the Sunday message that's posted in our podcast, we welcome you. And if you're ever in the Portland area, know that we welcome you and you are welcome here. And so for many of us here in the United States, because again, our podcast listeners are throughout the world, we are closing the Thanksgiving weekend, a time where we've spent time with family, we've expressed gratitude. Many of us came together here in our sanctuary on Wednesday evening to launch our gratitude weekend with our annual gratitude service. And it's a special gift to be able to witness so many people expressing gratitude for the things in in their life, be it challenges, be it trauma, but for the learning and the growth that occurs when we open our hearts and allow gratitude to fill it. And we also have concluded our fall connection circles. We learned that there were thousands of hours that we've accumulated in spiritual growth um, connection over the last nine series. So there's lots of conclusions that are going on. And today we are concluding this series, which is focused on Sylvia Bornstein's book, Happiness is an Inside Job. And because we know that the universe is abundant and so full of life, it's true about this book. There is so much content that I'm going to share a more extensive review of the last three weeks just to catch us up and bring us forward to the, today's message. So in week one, Reverend Larry shared with us again that happiness comes from within and that it is our reaction to incidences in our own lives that influence the happiness we experience. And yes, he had a homework assignment. And he asked us to notice when undesired change comes up and our personal reaction to it. And part two of that was he asked us to put a label on how we are feeling toward it. Was it positive, negative, or neutral? And then for the super achievers in the group, there was extra credit. If you would like, you could see if you could identify if the situation was really unpleasant or if it was personal resistance to the situation that was creating the unpleasant. So that was our homework and that was our lesson in week one. In week two, we learned that through wise effort that Sylvia Borstein describes as kindness and compassion, happiness resides and thereby keeps our heart center open even in difficult and challenging times. And we had a lot of fun learning from the list of 25 manners for kids, how manners can be that source of loving kindness. And we also shared hearty laughter when Reverend Larry shared item number six on the list, which was, the world is not interested in what you dislike. Keep your griping to yourself. Talk about what you want to have happen. And so our homework for that week was look for ways to bring loving kindness and compassion into the world, even when it's unpleasant to do. And again, extra credit for super achievers. 
an advanced course in loving kindness, can we show compassion for the person requiring the undesired change that we perceive is giving us something quite unpleasant to do? So that was week two. How is everybody doing on that homework? <laughs> week three was more, more my favorite. In Always a Silver Lining, we learned that we are in charge of our emotional makeup and we can stop a downward spiral of the emotion, a downward emotional spiral. We learn tools for interrupting our thinking in an unpleasant situation. And our homework was ask ourselves the question, what do I know about me personally that can turn around a downward spiral of thinking? And then once we identify that, develop a personal happiness playlist, something that generates a palpable feeling of love and compassion. You know, like when we play our list of music on our iPod. So anyway, if we combine this suggestion of gratitude, because it was suggested that we include gratitude on our happiness playlist, with item number six on manners for kids, I think there's an opportunity for an emerging graduate level course of extra credit assignment because we didn't have extra credit last week. But I think there's an opportunity there. So anyway, we're moving to this week in our topic, the path to mindfulness. And we're going to explore a two-fold practice Sylvia Bornstein refers to as wise mindfulness. And then we're going to take a look at why it's important today. So let's get started. The first part of a technique um, for wise mindfulness is the practice of mindfulness. Being open to our moment-by-moment experience. And she shared a very easy-to-understand description of mindfulness so we can have a giant-sized picture of what it looks like. And she calls it tidying up the mind. And she uses an analogy of a messy living room to describe the natural state of the mind if left to its own random devices, that it's not a very relaxing place, that it's messy, that it's cluttered, and it's filled with a bunch of old, worn-out stuff called Ain't It Awful Stories. Well, I have a supersized example of cleaning up messy, cluttered spaces, which can illustrate cleaning up and tidying up our mind. Just by a show of hands, how many of us are familiar with the annual uh, Black Friday sock sale at Fred Meyer? Okay, about half of us. Uh, I'm not native to the Pacific Northwest, so I learned about this, what I hear is a very special tradition, holiday tradition, for individuals in the Pacific Northwest. But here's what it looks like. Fred Meyer has an annual one-day sock sale. And all I can say is that there are tables, sets of huge, massive tables with bin upon bin upon bin of socks stacked very high. And when the doors open at five, the crowds rush in, they grab a cart, and they rush to these tables and they start pawing through them. And they fill their cart, and then once they have what they think they want, they go off someplace in the store and they start sifting through them 
and they discard what they really don't want. Well, for those of us that are on the cleanup shift, let's just say that this is a massive tidying up uh, project. We don't find socks just in the table areas. There are socks in the infants and children's department. There are socks in the men's department. There are socks in accessories and in intimate wear, in Missy's juniors and women's ready-to-wear, in shoes and even cosmetics. There are socks everywhere. And oh, did I fail to mention that they also serve coffee and powdered sugar donuts. So not only do we find socks, but there are half-eaten powdered sugar donuts and half cups of coffee. So this is an example of the major job we have to tidy up our mind of those old, worn-out stories. And the practice of mindfulness asks us to be mindful of all the objects of our attention. Well, Sylvia shares four specific things to be attentive to. First, the physical body. Pay attention, is our heart center open or is it constricted? We know that tight feeling and we know that openness. Is there ease of movement in our body? And what is our gut level response to something? Sylvia Bornstein says, pay attention, practice mindfulness. Be very aware of what our physical body is telling us. It's an intelligent instrument and it knows exactly what it's telling us. It's infinite intelligence. Last week, Reverend Larry talked about the upward and downward spiral of thoughts. Sylvia Bornstein says, pay attention to those thoughts and what direction is our thinking. And we received tools last week that we can literally stop a downward spiral. Feelings and emotions. Are we angry? Are we sad? Are we experiencing grief? Are we elated? Are we delighted? Are we thrilled? What are we feeling? And what are the emotions that we're expressing? And Sylvia specifically encourages us to pay attention to our breath and to its power. We heard from Lori, just breathe life. It's enough to just breathe life. Well, when we just breathe, we are allowing ourselves to be still and to be calm. So when our attention is in the present moment, it can no longer focus on the things that we make up in our mind and we scare ourselves. And I happen to like a quote by Mark Twain, that expresses this. He said, I have been through some terrible things in my life, some of which have actually happened. (laughs) So practice mindfulness. Yes, yes. We have the power to make the choice of focusing our attention in the now moment and paying specific attention to all of the objects of our attention. So the second part of wise mindfulness that she shares is a technique called meta practice. And I'm not familiar with all the traditions of Buddhism, so I had to do some research on this. What she says is that meta means benevolent connection, friendliness, 
and active interest in others. So this is a practice of having a benevolent heart open to others. And she shares that as we go about our daily living, meeting people, we often register like or dislike, almost instantaneously. It's pleasant or it's unpleasant. We're attracted or we're annoyed. And she said, yet if our mind is to be that harbor, that safe haven of peace and harmony and a repository of wisdom, it needs to act as if it had no preference. So none of this attracted to or annoyed, like, dislike, pleasant, unpleasant. It's all about neutral. And she said, but much of our ability to be benevolent is created by our fervent desire of good for the individuals that we have a very close bond to. And so she says it's very natural that when we are praying, there's a specific ardency in our prayers for the people with whom we are personally involved. Well, I had a very, what I would call, um, profound experience this past week that illustrates this. Many of us are aware of the fires in California, that here we have an entire town, Paradise, that is just literally ashes. We have many, many people that are homeless. We have massive amount of loss of life, and it's on our prayer list here at the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. And so daily, we're praying for everyone in the face of the fire who have been affected by the fire. And yet... What Sylvia is saying came true for me this past week. On Monday night, I had ministerial class, and I am the TA. So I was responsible for opening up the Zoom because it's distance learning. And I had sent the professor a reminder, here's the Zoom link, here's the time we're meeting. I sent it twice. I sent it a week before, and then I sent it just a few days before. Well, here it is, 5 o'clock, all the students are there, no professor. So I got out my contact list that Dr. Christina, who heads up the distance learning, had sent, called the number, I get a voice message. Well, by the time I got back on Zoom, the professor was on, although we couldn't see him because he was using a, a computer that did not have a camera. And he apologized profusely. He said, I'm so sorry that I am late for class. He said, but I'm sure you've heard of the fires in Malibu. He said, my home is one of those fires that no longer exists. And so I'm using a borrowed computer. Well, after we prayed in, he shared the story of he and his wife had been out in the neighborhood. They'd been walking in the neighborhood. The fire looked like it was way east of their property. And so they went back in their home and he got a call from his daughter who lives in Washington, D.C. that said, Dad, you and mom need to get out now. And he said, what are you talking about? He said, we were just out in the neighborhood. It's way, 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 way east of us. She said, no, I'm watching TV. The helicopter is over at the canyon. You need to get out now. His wife opened the door and there are 40 foot flames on three sides moving towards their house. He's, he said the wind was blowing at 75 miles an hour. They got out with their cat and the clothes on their back. And he said, fortunately, we have lived in this area for decades and we know the back road. 
because he said you couldn't use the main road because the power lines were down and you couldn't drive on them. In an instant, I understood what Silvio was talking about. It went from individuals affected by the fire to I know someone. It has a face. This person has a name, has a family, and got out with his cat. It changed instantly. The prayer does have a different ardency. So what Sylvia is saying to us is that at any moment, in any time, we can still have that same conviction, that same fervency, that same ardent prayer for anyone because we're all one. And if we remember that we are all one, that is our source of connection. So at any moment, we have that power to practice meta, practice meta. So why is wise mindfulness so important? The entire thesis of this book um, is, is stated this way. It's about restoring caring connection when it is disrupted and maintaining it when it is present. This is happiness. Now, notice that she does not say that this leads to happiness. She says it is equal to, it is happiness. I'll repeat that. Restoring caring connection when it is disrupted and maintaining it when it is present is happiness. Well, one of my instructors in ministerial school, Reverend Dr. Petra Weldus, who is co-spiritual director of CSL Dallas, and one of my esteemed instructors, illuminates this thesis in SOM terms, science of mind terms. When we're stuck in grief or seek to cling to joy, we are totally enmeshed in the conditions of our lives, reacting to circumstances and events. When we are spiritually focused, keeping our eye on the presence of spirit, then we are living where we court the presence of joy. So to summarize our lesson today, wise mindfulness provides the purity, the beauty, the joy of the now moment. It includes the practice of mindfulness, keeping our attention focused in the now moment. It includes the practice of metta, benevolent connection, friendliness, and an active interest in others. And that wise mindfulness helps us be spiritually focused, thereby keeping our eye on the presence of spirit. And that's the place where we court the presence of joy. So let us always remember, happiness is an inside job, and it can always be found when we put aside the past, we put aside the future, and we concentrate on the blessings that are right here, right now, in this now moment. So I'm going to close with a quote from Gray's Anatomy, and I'm encouraging you, how many of us know Gray's Anatomy? I love it, it's on Netflix. <laughs> I don't have a TV, but it's on Netflix. 
And I'm encouraging you to take this as your homework assignment. I know you're thinking, oh, she's summarizing and there's no homework. Well, I'm encouraging you to take this as a suggested homework assignment. So here's the quote from Grey's Anatomy. So do it. Decide. Is this the life you want to live? Is this the person you want to love? Is this the best you can be? Can you be stronger? Can you be kinder? Can you be more compassionate? Decide. Breathe in. Breathe out. Decide. Let us pray. In this now moment, we bring our full attention and our full awareness to that one power that one presence, infinite intelligence flowing in through and as all creation. I choose to call this presence God. It goes by many names, but it is the all of creation, for there is nothing outside of the one. Every aspect from the mighty, mighty cosmic universe filled with galaxies that we hear so much from, from licensed practitioner Catherine. And so big, this massive, massive universe. Infinite possibility. But it is one presence, and that presence is love. And it gives eternally of itself to itself in the form of its creation, creating from a divine creative pattern of perfection, perfect God, perfect human, perfect individual. And I know that I am of this power and of this presence and that every aspect of my life is the truth of spirit. The power of spirit is the power available to me to choose this now moment. The presence of spirit is that love that is in my heart flowing in through and as my life. And as this is true for me, I know it to be the truth of each person here today. Each person, an individualized expression of an infinite possibility, yet expressing as this unique, individualized expression. And so I claim and affirm and I speak my word for and about each person here today. I claim and affirm that each person remembers that they have the power to warmly and compassionately connect to themselves, to others, and to life itself, that yes, it is enough to breathe life. And that this is an antidote to suffering and the cause of happiness. There is this remembering. And I claim and affirm that each person uses their authentic power, that power to choose, to focus on the now moment, to focus on being benevolent, loving kindness to themselves and to all others, knowing that this truly can be a transformative agent in the world that goes forth to create a world that works for everyone. And I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is. There is the one power, the one presence, and it is flowing in through and as 
each person here today. I am so grateful for this truth. I release my word into the activity and action of the law, knowing that the law is an eternal servant of spirit. It always, always, always says yes. And so with absolute conviction and firmament of mind, together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.